Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. the most out of our 
fear and our confusion. It assumes imperfection and says what matters is how do we relate to that? Welcome, everyone, to America Meditating Radio. That was Tara Brock accepting yourself just the way you are on the Monique's Rogue's album, Heartbeat. I love that. I love that album so much because it really, really reminds us of the importance of taking care of ourselves and one another. I have to tell you, I just got back from a video shoot in California with John Legend, Dionne Warwick, some of the folks I didn't know, like Master P. I know he was a big guy big boy uh, who has amazing um, radio program nationally that's doing a lot of good. I can go on with the list from Louis Gossett Jr. to um, Sean Stockman from Voice to Men and Ada Rodriguez, who's got a new show out on Netflix coming up, um, a a comedian and also with the Young Turks uh, media network. And we had a chance to really galvanize our energies around the importance of loving one another. So if you haven't been on our website and seen the Love One Another Challenge, I ask you to go there now and really follow and and see what kind of a challenge you can offer us to love each other more. So I'm calling on churches, universities, businesses, families, schools, schools, governments to really begin to take on the Love One Another Challenge. We're hoping that by February 14th of next year, we will be seeing a very big movement of that. And the song that John performed by the writer Tade Prince will be released on the 14th of February. So please stay tuned for that. And 
email us if you'd like some more information on getting on board. And just don't forget to tag John and Tade Prince and, of course, America Meditating or yours truly, Sister Jenna. And hashtag love one another challenge and pay for it. It's very powerful. And when you see the video that I did for the first time, I sung. I was at Christ Church Unity offering a, a talk there. And because I, I just gotten back from L.A. from the video shoot. So my whole being was really kind of optimized. And for the first time, something I've always wanted to do, which was to sing, I actually sung a little. <laughs> my vocals just opened up a little bit, everyone. And it's just giving me more confidence. And I have to tell you, I felt so much more at ease that I was able to do that. So please continue to transcend your limits and believe in the unlimited possibilities that life has to offer. You know, our next guest has done that and is continuing to do that. I'm so privileged to have this conversation with Dr. Jacqueline Jones. She's a board-certified ear, nose, and throat specialist, and head and neck surgeon. She serves patients of all ages at her Park Avenue ENT, located in Brooklyn and on the Upper East Side of New York City. Dr. Jones benefits from a prestigious education at several Ivy League universities and is a member of the faculty at Weill Cornell Medical College and is listed as one of America's top doctors. She's also frequently, she frequently publishes research and lecture on her work at conferences around the country, but among her many professional awards are the Compassionate Physician Award, Yelp Patient Satisfaction Award, Best Doctors in America, but here's the part that touched me a lot, Top 100 Black Doctors in America, Talk of the Town Award in the Who's Who in America. Her new book, which we will talk about, is entitled Medical Parenting, How to Navigate Health, Wellness, and the Medical System with your child. Today, it gives me privilege to welcome Dr. Jacqueline Jones. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show today. Do you get any sleep at all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like you don't sleep much either. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, but I'm, I'm a meditator. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Sounds like we both love what we do, so yes. That's the key. key. I keep telling everyone your success comes from doing what you love the most, not what you think others want from you. So let's talk about you. With all the talk about our healthcare system, your book on medical parenting is so timely to help parents navigate their children's healthcare. Can you share with us a little bit about what actually prompted you to, you know, put pen to paper and what does it provide for parents? You know, I I felt that this is becoming such a digital age for parents. They are overwhelmed by the amount of information that's available. I think the Internet is a blessing, but it's also a curse because when you Google Mm -hmm. a symptom, the top ten things that come up are usually something bad, and it creates so much anxiety for parents, for individuals, and I I wanted this guide to be someplace where parents could go to get a guide that would help them sanely, calmly, be the best parents that they could, and do one of the most important jobs that we have as parents, caring for our children and keeping them healthy. Mm, Good. Now, I know you're, you're a really busy doctor and a surgeon at that, but you're also a parent and of two children. Did that offer you maybe a deeper perspective when you were writing the book, including becoming a more compassionate physician? 
It absolutely does. Being a parent is one of the most important jobs that we have in life, and we can all talk about our accolades, but being great parents and raising healthy, sane children is our our number one goal in life. And, Mm -hmm. And the thing that I am most proud of is my boys. So I have two men now, 28 and 24, and they have taught me <laughs> so many lessons. They have taught me to love unconditionally. They have taught me that things need to occur on the time that they were supposed to occur, not on my schedule, and mm. to listen. That's one of the most important things that being a parent is, to learn mm. how to listen. Beautiful. It's important. Uh, earlier on, you talked about the information age and technology, and it has overwhelmed parents, I think, we don't, at least our generation, we weren't born with an iPhone in our hands, and our children are. And based on your experience, I'd be curious to hear how the average parent feels about engaging in the medical system, taking into consideration all the information that they have in technology, and also just watching their kids living with their heads down instead of their heads up. It is such a different world that our children are growing up in and have grown up in than we did. You know, mm-hmm. The amount of connectivity with these devices is, is really, I think, not good. You know, you walk around. I live in New York City, so you walk around the city and or you sit on the train, and I would say 90% of people are looking at their phones instead of being engaged in the world around them. And that's what I worry about with children. And that's, I think, the fear that many parents have, that children are being sucked into their phones, to social media, and not learning how to interact with people, how to appreciate the joy of human conversation, how to appreciate the joy around them. So I really wanted my book, Medical Parenting, to help parents to have some roadmap on ways that they could help their children disengage from social media, help parents mm-hmm. disengage from the Internet, and help them to take this book, this physical book, read it, and help them have a roadmap to raise healthy children. Thank you for doing that. So why do many find the medical system to be so challenging, difficult, and even to be quite frightening to navigate? I think choices. You know, I think Mm -hmm. when we were growing up, there was maybe one or two pediatricians in town, and you went to the doctor, they gave you a diagnosis, and you believed everything, and you went home. Well, now there's, you know, especially where I live in New York City, there's a thousand pediatricians to choose from, and there's so many different styles. And you can go to the doctor, and they can give you a diagnosis, but then you go home, and you do Dr. Google, and Dr. Google... They give you, uh, you know, 10 other diagnoses, and I think that's where it becomes so overwhelming for people. There's too much information, too much access to information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and we don't have enough wisdom to be able to discern what is right and what isn't for our well-being and, and our health care. Um, when my EA was looking for a doctor, it was interesting. She kept looking for where the reviews were. Like what were they saying about that physician? And even when I went in with one of them that they had found, at a soul level, I wasn't feeling a resonance because, unfortunately, I felt the intensity of her stress. And so, and I and I get that. I get the profession takes so much from you from the moment you clock in to the moment you go home. But I felt like I can help the soul, but I'm here to be helped at this time. This is where I now receive. So then I think we went like three more others, and I finally found one that 
I really felt comfortable with, and she took her time with me, and she wasn't rushing. And, and I was so happy to tell you that even though they weren't allowing any more patients, I was so pleased to have gotten a note from her to say, please, we would love to have you on board. And so, again, sometimes as patients, we have to just basically allow our um, intuitive truth to resonate with an energy that can support where we are at, in that particular point in, in, in our journey. And it's not just about information, but it's also about the way, um, you know, I think your, your doctor shows up in front of you, and it seems as if a lot of folks really appreciate the energy that you convey with your patients, and that's really powerful to know about. We hear a lot about the importance of early childhood development and how the emotional, social, and physical development of young children, it really has a direct effect on their overall development. Can you share what the connection is between brain development and nutrition? Is it really, really important? It's so important. And you know, I think that all the studies out there have shown us how important early breastfeeding is and how important it is for children to be exposed to a varied diet early on and to have a good, nutritious, clean diet. And I think many times, you know, we're all very busy and in many, many families now, both mom and dad work, so the children may be cared for in daycare or cared for by a nanny or a relative. And the thing that we need to be careful of is to having children fall in what I call the beige diet. Chicken nuggets, rice, French <laughs> fries, a white bread, and milk. Sort of really not nutritious, varied foods. Because when we think about the cultures across the world, children are exposed so early to varied types of textures and tastes and sour things and sweet things. And here in America, we tend to, to shy away from giving that to young children. But it's so important to expose kids to a varied palate early on so that they grow up to be adults. You know, they've eaten a salad before they've turned 17. <laughs> mm. so really important. Doesn't that sound weird to say that they've eaten a salad before they turn 17? Can you believe that? <laughs> I know it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so what kind of medical preparedness should someone consider if they have a relative, a nanny, or even child care center involved in their child's care? Well, I think, you know, Sister Jenny, you said something that was so important before, and you said that you really used your intuition to figure out what was best for you. And it's so mm -hmm. important as a parent to have that sort of underlying radar does this situation or this person who's going to care for your child, is this the right fit? And you can feel it. You really can feel it. Are they kind? Are they compassionate? You know, obviously not every two-year-old is going to like a stranger, but does that person take time to interact to, you know, during that initial interview to, to pull your child in? And I usually suggest that you don't make that decision on one meeting, that you have at least one or two meetings with a potential nanny, with a potential right. daycare setting, so that you can see them at various times and see how your child might interact with them. And again, that intuition, how do you feel around them? Do you feel mm. calm and, and are they sending off good vibes? That's so lovely. I just got a note of a daycare in Los Angeles that has the children holding 30 seconds of good wishes and pure feelings as their little traffic control. And I just said, see, 
that's what the world needs to start to do. And these are children under five. And they showed me the video of them just sitting so cute going like, you know, I bless my mommy, I bless my daddy. You know, it was just the cutest thing. And I think if we can just really become mindful of those beginning years are so crucial for the well-being of all of our development. I wish I had it when I was a kid. So do I. You know, I in my book, Medical Parenting, I talk about um, taking care of yourself, and that is so important. And one of the things that I wrote about is take five to ten minutes with your child, sit on the bed, and just clear your mind, both of you. Mm. And it's such a great practice. If you do that every single night, starting from when your child is two or three years of age, as soon as they can sort of comprehend what that means, Think what that will mean for them when they hit the really difficult adolescent years. And hopefully they've learned the practice where they can spend five or ten minutes just clearing their mind and letting that stress go. But again, if we as adults are stressed and and throwing off not good vibes to our children, they read it, they pick it up. And so we need to learn how to take care of ourselves and be at peace so that our children can learn that too. That's beautiful. So let's just say I'm really frustrated and I don't feel like sitting on the bed and emptying my mind and breathing and doing my own mantra with my child that just spilled everything across the table after I had a long day at work. Anything in the book that mentions when we're kind of over the edge and we really are at wit's end, any suggestions to help the parent to just somehow find a way through that those days? Absolutely. And, and we've all mm-hmm. had those days. You know, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is to take a step back and look at the whole situation. So we tend to concentrate on your child's behavior right then. But okay, they're going to be bad right then, but they haven't been bad all day. So take a step back, take some deep breaths on your own, and then re-enter the situation calmly. Listen, repeat but be calm because our children mm-hmm. react to our anxiety. So if we can bring it down, and even if that means taking a step back, even stepping outside the, the room for a couple minutes and getting yes. yourself together and then reentering, they feel it. If we're crazy, they're going to be crazy. So let's try and take it down. <laughs> I do that all the time. I just go in my room and just breathe I just because I just don't have it at that moment. And yep. I don't want to spill that vibration on people that I love or in the space that we live in. Now, I'm going to talk about something really important, and it's quite serious. Suicide has now become the third leading cause of death among people between the ages of 15 to 24, Dr. Jones, with about 5,000 lives being lost each year by this means. What are some of the warning signs that can require consultation with a mental health provider, both either at home and maybe when a child transitions to college, because the suicide rate tends to be really high when they go out to college. Any thoughts? Absolutely, and and I do have a whole chapter on mental health and preparedness for parents. You know, college is a difficult time for children. It's a Mm -hmm. difficult time for adults, and it's very important as a parent to keep that connectedness. Your child needs to know you're there, and when my children went to college, I made it a rule that they had to call me and we had to FaceTime or Skype um, or at least talk once a week so I could see them, I could hear them, 
I could see how they're doing, and I could let them know I was there. And if I didn't hear something good in their voice, I would call the next day. And if that persisted, then I was going to get in the car or get in the plane and show up. Because as a mom and as any parent, we know, and again, you talked about that before, that intuition, that feel that something isn't right. And, you know, we want to be there for our kids, but they may not have the words to tell us that they need help. So we need to get on that plane, drive up there, and take a look at them for ourselves. And if we're really concerned, get help right away. But, again, Beautiful. making sure you connect and making sure you, they know you're there. Beautiful, beautiful, because it's not very easy for teenagers to sometimes just discuss their health needs, especially with their parents, right? And we we do need to have a, a, an intuitive sense of how our children are doing, but not with the fear or concern, but more with the how can I support what you're going through. Absolutely. And again, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about before, they smell our anxiety. So yeah. the more that you can be calm and supportive and let them know whatever they're going through, you're there with them, and it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. Good. Excellent. So your schedule, I'm sure, is full. And, um, yes, of course, when you do what you love, it's in itself a service to you. But sometimes we don't like to do all the details. I don't love details. I don't know about you, but maybe you do, but I don't. No. Um, how... How are you taking care of you at I know at a soul level? How do you how do you find your moment to to just be and connect and and be at peace with everything that you've got revolving around you? It's so apropos, Sister Jenna, that we're t- speaking this week because I try and do a gratitude list every single day. And whether that be writing it down or doing it in my mind if I don't have the time. And I think it's such a wonderful practice because I remind myself of the top ten things I am so thankful for. And no matter how crazy or how bad it gets, I can always find something that I am so grateful for. And I think once you start your day with a gratitude list and once you start Mm -hmm. your day with realizing here in America, in this world, how incredibly lucky we are, no matter how hard it is. We have so many freedoms and so many choices, and though our access to health care is not as great as it could be, there's people who can't even go walk into an emergency room because there's nothing there. We have so many things to be grateful for. So that's one of my top things. And again, as we talked about, breathing, and I do meditate, and again, just enjoying life. I try and smile. <laughs> I walk into a room <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I that's a big one. and I start it with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> that's so important for me, too. So right. what's next for you, Dr. Jones? Um, how's the book doing? Are you doing a book tour? By the way, wait, if you're in D.C., you've got to do a book signing at the Meditation Museum. We'd love to host oh, you. thank just before, you. Before well, we I go, because I know I've got to let you go. <laughs> Come on over. Just let us know. Up on that. Like oh, I'd love that. Place. I'd love that. I'd love that. And so what's next for you? How is your vision pulling you? You've done a lot, and you can feel it. There's a vision that is pulling you towards something next. What is Thank that? Thank you so much. I think what my vision is pulling me towards is to be there for people. You know, I'm doing some more lecturing. You know, I am a physician, and I've had 30 years of being a scientist, You know, I think this next chapter in my life 
is um, to help to guide people along this difficult path. You know, I've been a mother for 28 years. I've been a physician for 30. And every mistake that you have made, I've already made. (laughs) And I've learned a (laughs) lot of lessons from those and from my boys. So I'm hoping that my experience and what I've been through, that I can help people along their path in life. That sounds so beautiful. Leave us with a website that we can get more information on you and lots of blessings and good wishes with everything else that you're doing. Keep it up. So it's Medical Parenting, and the website is medicalparenting.com. Sounds good. All the best. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. And happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was Dr. Jacqueline Jones. As you can see, mother, doctor, lecturer, author, There's nothing that can hold you back but you. The way that you see yourself, the way you think about yourself, but also another kind of a deterrent is your interpretation, how you think others are seeing you can be a big, big chain, ball and chain that holds you back. And so we want to really invite you, don't let anything on the outside or even your own misconceptions and interpretations of yourself hold you back. It's a lot for us to do. And let's learn more about how to be better parents not just for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children. So go and visit Medical Parenting, Navigating the Medicaid Month. Sorry. Go and get a copy of Medical Parenting, How to Navigate Health, Wellness, and the Medical System with Your Child by Dr. Jacqueline Jones. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's definitely add to the love that's needed in the world today. I'll end today's show by Kristen Hoffman, Love and Gratitude. Take care, everyone. Be well.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.